listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What up? All right, here we go. Hour two of the show on this Monday has begun, officially underway. Hit me up on the Divini phone, 601-995-1059. Give me a call, 995-1059. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. I got some home team news for you. Recruiting news for Ole Miss football. The home team news for potentially, maybe, hopefully for Southern Miss. They there is a um, there is a spot open now in a new conference. Well, no, it's not a new conference. Let me back up. There is a new spot open, <laughs> uh, not in the Power Five, but in one of the bigger, more respected athletics conferences out there in the country. And some people are speculating, wondering if Southern Miss might be a a team, a, a fit, possibly. I don't know. We can we can kick that around. We'll tell you what it is if you don't already know. You can text the show anytime you want. 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. So feel free to uh, text away right there. And a, and a little backtracking to do. Some people... Responding on the text line to some of the conversation in the first hour of today's show. Going to get to that also. No, here is um, the breaking news for Ole Miss football. Just popped up on Twitter. The number one rated, uh, the number one rated class of 2020 quarterback out of the state of Alabama. Doggone it, Matt! Use your words. Look, he's not the number one. Rated quarterback in the class. The number one rated quarterback in Alabama for the class of 2020. So they're so they're ranking him as the number one QB in that state. Has committed to Ole Miss. His name is Robbie Ashford from Hoover High School. So there you go. They tweeted that out. It popped up a few minutes ago. He committed to Ole Miss. His name is Robbie Ashford. He quarterbacks at Hoover High School. Y'all certainly know Hoover. And uh, he's a 2020 recruit, number one QB in Alabama. And uh, he's committed to Ole Miss. So there you go. Uh, We'll learn more about him. A little recruiting news, why not? It just popped up. Thought I'd pass that along to you. I generally don't see recruiting stuff unless it is on Twitter while I'm looking at it. And that's what happened a minute ago. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you haven't seen this in the last uh, few days and over the weekend, UConn is effectively leaving the AAC, American Athletic Conference. 
why would they leave? You say, okay, well, here's why. UConn is a basketball school. And so they are moving their basketball teams over to the Big East. The Big East, the basketball conference, they like that whole relationship over there. They want to be in the Big East. They don't want to be in AAC. To heck with football. UConn hoped they could move all their teams over to the Big East, but leave football as a member of the AAC. AAC's like, nope, not interested. So now the American Athletic Conference, AAC, they are not in the Power Five, but they are a significant conference. They're, they try to market themselves at their media days as the Power Six and all this stuff, whether it's true or not. But you're talking about Houston and you know teams like that. Well, they the AAC is not at all interested in having UConn in there as a member of football only. So they are now going to be an 11-team conference in the AAC in football unless they add somebody to get back to a full round 12. Here are their teams currently in that conference. Memphis, Houston, Tulane, SMU, Navy, and Tulsa. That's in the West. And in the East, UCF, Temple, Cincinnati, UCF, East Carolina. And then, of course, they had UConn. UConn went, what? They went 1-11 last year in football, 0-8 in their conference. So those are the teams. It's, it's kind of like, in a way... It's almost a gathering of what used to be Conference USA way back when. You know, I would say in terms of conference affiliation for Southern Miss, their strongest point, you know, in recent history was when they were in Conference USA, but they were in Conference USA with Memphis and Houston and who else? Yeah, Memphis and Houston and, well, heck, UCF was in there, East Carolina. Yeah, all of that. So I think it it absolutely, without question, 100% is something that Southern Miss is, is sprinting towards, doing everything they could possibly do. To make a case somehow, some way to get into this conference, the AAC. The question is, how interested would the AAC be? Who else? You've got Brett McMurphy on Twitter today saying that right now their only considerations are Army, who is an independent, right? And BYU, who is an independent. If you're the AAC, you go get Army and you go, or you go get BYU, right? Seems like Army would be the first choice. If you had that as an AAC conference, you'd have Navy in the West, you'd have Army in the East. So it really is one of those things where I think in reality, there's some a lot there are a lot of things that would have to fall through for it ever to get to a point where then the AAC would go, well, what about Southern Miss, and will we consider them? Right now, it's probably not an option. 
But if you're a Southern Miss fan, that's what you're praying for. It's what you've been praying for for a long time. We'll see. We'll start you off with a phone call. The Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. Jay in Baltimore. What's up, Jay? Matt, my call today is confirmation that I can't let go of the baseball season. Uh, I have a serious problem. But, <laughs> okay. So I'm following up on your call from last week. I think it was Friday. A gentleman was pretty much challenging your assertion of the greatness of Jake Mangum. Now, look, with all due respect to his opinion, whether or not Jake is the third best hitter at Vandy, uh, you know, in their current lineup is really irrelevant to me. There's going to be a statue of this young man with 383 career hits outside of Duty Noble. And it won't be because of his hitting prowess. But consider this. I was looking at the stats of J.J. Bleday. If J.J. decided to come back his senior season, he would need 200 hits to catch Jake. Now, we won't even discuss the differences in their defensive attributes and, and the three career stolen bases of J.J. Bleday. So Jake's legacy is cemented by all the measurables that we know about. Uh, he was one of the greatest college Sorry, he was one of the greatest college players. And I say college. I stress college uh, of our lifetime, and we're going to be talking about him for a long time. Yeah. Well, no doubt. Um, And the call the other day, Jay, and I forget who it was now. Um, I think it was Double D was maybe who it was. But, (laughs) you know, what happened is I started by just asserting that it struck me the morning after you wake up and you realize – just what you witnessed historically in getting to watch Jake Mangum play for four years. That being in my lifetime, we all saw it with our own eyes. And the fact that it's probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing in terms of not a three-year player, a four-year player, right? Not a right. Not just a guy who was good at your school, a guy who has done things that nobody in the Southeastern Conference has ever done. You know, the hits record. Um, the doubles record at state, the 100 hits in a season record at state, the most hits in a season at state. And did, and all with that, the team accomplishments and team run that went along with it. You go, well, Matt, he didn't win a, a national title. No, but those teams go to four straight super regionals. Half the time they weren't even supposed to be there, but they get there somehow. Two straight trips to Omaha. You add all of that up. And what he kind of meant and could mean for the program at a time when they're opening up the new stadium, you couldn't line up some of the success and notoriety on the field that was driven by him uh, with the opening of this new stadium and the atmosphere and what you had this year, which could really be a a help. Frankly, it's going to open some doors for state and recruiting that haven't been open. Um, So I I thought the historical part of it. And so what he was saying is um, he doesn't compare to Paul Merrill and Clark. And he was somebody who went to school with them. And and I just don't know that I – I don't think I have to or anybody has to sit here and compare Jake Mangum to Will Clark right now. I I just think that's – it ain't time for that. I'm with you 100%. It's that classic saying, chicks dig the long ball. I mean, it's just so much more about, you know – the, the long ball and the hitting of what he did and what he brought to the school. And it's immeasurable. Uh, the buzz that he created these last four years under four different coaches and the two Omaha's. It's just, so again, I, I know if anyone's career doesn't need depending, it's Jake Mangum, but I'm going to do it anyway. Thanks, Matt. Yep. Thank you, Jay. Same here. Good call.
Good call. Let me get over here to the text line real quick. Um, 885-ESPN. If you're texting the show, that's the number, 885-ESPN. Brooks in Lafayette. Uh, He's talking about Southern Miss and the AAC, American Athletics Conference. Here I go again. Athletic, American Athletic Conference. Brooks says Southern Miss should do it. Here's his text. Could potentially help them out and become better, in my opinion. Last time they had a chance to do this was back in the 90s or early 2000s when Bauer didn't want to go to the Big East for whatever reason. They should throw their name in the hat. Well, Brooks, here's the thing. Southern Miss absolutely should throw their name in the hat. It's gotten to the point where it's without saying. Everybody associated with the AAC knows that Southern Miss would crawl on their knees through broken glass to get in the AAC right now. So, like, all of... It's just not a matter of, you know, should they? It's just a matter of how will they? And that's it. And uh, I I just, you know, if you look at it for face value, I, I am not at all trying to paint it one way or the other on purpose. I'm not at all trying to sway it one way or the other in the conversation. If you disagree with me on this, I mean, let me know. I'd like to hear it, but I think I think everybody agrees. I think everybody agrees that if Southern Miss can do it, do it. But that the AAC is going to look elsewhere first. For instance, I mean, don't take my word for it. I'm going to look it up here. Brett McMurphy. Y'all probably know who Brett is. I mean, I've only met him a couple of times, just said hello. That's about it. But thought, well thought of journalist. He used to be with ESPN. They fired him. It made a big deal. He never did anything wrong. They were just doing cutbacks. And he was this investigative guy that was always getting the scoop in college football. Now he works for something called Stadium. I don't know what it is, but he's still respected. And he has the connections. He tweeted 18 minutes ago, UConn said to be, quote, delusional if it wants to be an AAC football-only member. The MAC and Conference USA also are not interested in the Huskies as a football-only conference. He tweeted, they have to be an FBS independent as a football school. And then the next part of his tweet is, Army and BYU, the top candidates for the AAC. But the league may stay at 11 instead of 12 teams and taking that extra team. They may stay at 11 unless ESPN sees more value with 12 teams. See, UConn's a 12th team. It leaves them with 11. The history on this UConn made the decision, we're a basketball school, we're going to the Big East to be a basketball school, and all of our athletics programs are going. They don't play football in the Big East, so we got to have a football home. Their former conference says, see ya, we don't want a football-only school. The MAC and Conference USA are like, we don't want UConn as a football school, so what? We don't want them. And so now they've got to be a, an independent. So the AAC, to fill that 12th spot, is considering Army and BYU as the top two candidates two of the bigger independents out there. BYU is huge. 
in terms of its following and that kind of thing, and it would probably really help them from a footprint and a TV thing. But you have to understand, BYU and its alumni base and its following and fan base and everything, they see themselves... Look, don't have the national titles, but understand, BYU sees themselves as this giant independent behemoth like Notre Dame. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's the way BYU views themselves. So the AAC is sitting here going, we're going to consider BYU. I'm not so sure BYU is considering the AAC. If they were ever going to consider a conference, it's probably not going to be somebody that's not in the, quote, Power Five. I don't know how close the Big 12 and BYU ever got in talks, but if they were going to do it, it would be something like that. What about Army? Army's independent. They have what they want and the way they can schedule anybody they want to, however they want to. They already do schedule the AAC teams. They play Memphis. They played Houston. They have the rivalry, obviously, with Navy. Navy's in one division. They could put Army in the other, where UConn is leaving. So, I mean, Army would make a lot of sense if Army wants to be in a conference. Right now, they're independent. That's what it seems like it would do. So, what does that all mean? What it means is, Southern Miss would do everything they could possibly do to get out of Conference USA and go to the AAC. It is an absolute no-brainer. For Southern Miss, it's simply a matter of, does the situation shape itself to where they're not getting BYU, they're not getting Army, they're not getting somebody else, and then they would consider taking Southern Miss to make it 12 teams. Can you get to a situation where the AAC, they're not getting Army, or anybody for that matter, and ESPN tells the AAC, listen, for our purposes and this whole contract deal and TV stuff, it would really behoove you to have a 12th team. And now they're in a situation where the AAC is looking harder. And they go, Southern Miss, let's sit down and talk about it for a minute. Let's say, you know, you're not there yet. But that's what it's going to have to get to. And then if it does, it, I mean, it would just be home run for Southern Miss. But a lot of water under the bridge between now and then. Now, a text on the text line, 885-ESPN, unnamed texture. This is in regards to the uh, college admissions scandal. Brought it up at the beginning of the show and told you some of the stuff you learned on that podcast. It's called Gangster Capitalism. And then how, you know, the, the anecdotal part of it is that for a long time, schools, they accept big donations from wealthy people. And in exchange, they put their, get their kids in school. Here's an unnamed texture that says, what is the difference in parents doing what it takes to have their child admitted to a specific institution than the institution itself doing whatever it takes to get a specific athlete to commit to them? What's the difference? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, to, to your text, the one thing that is in common is... That you've got an entity that's just going to do whatever it takes to get what they want. And that money is the solution. It's really a simple equation, right? (laughs) School X or Team X or Parent X wants Y. Result Y. How do we get that result? Money. 
pay for it, buy it. Matt wants a new car. What's he got to do? Go buy a new car. I mean, you know, that's the old tried and true. And, and so you say, okay, what's the difference? I don't really know what's the big difference, but I know one thing that is different is in the the, the specifics of this admission scandal, this Rick Singer guy bribing coaches, making up fake recruiting profiles of students in sports they never played as a way to get them in school. And ADs, assist, assistant ADs at places like USC, taking hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes and to help cover it up. I mean, that's, that is different. You know, it's terrible. But here's the other thing I would ask you, too. You say, what is the difference in parents doing what it takes to have their kid admitted to a specific institution? What if I were to say that it's a parent's responsibility to do what's best for their kids, not to do whatever it takes? Now, you tell me I'm crazy. As a parent, it is your responsibility. I don't care who you are, where you're from. As a parent, to do it is your responsibility to do what's best for your kids, short-term and long-term, not, quote, whatever it takes to get what you want right now. Think about that. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. train makes you feel right at home does it not i'm matt in the farm bureau studio farm bureau go with the home team have you ever gotten angry and blurted out something and later you had to come back and apologize for it no (laughs) roger said roger said no today (laughs) (laughs) See that wasn't that wasn't cynical, Roger. That was sarcastic, Roger. <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, it's a simple question, right? I mean, I, I, the answer for quite literally every single person hearing this, every single one, or as they say, all y'all. <laughs> but that means me too. Everyone. Everybody has done that. You get mad. You blow off some steam, you yell, and you have to come back and apologize for it later. It's how about, happened to everybody. How about its uh, cousin, the flaming email? No. Oh. <laughs> well, and you know, it was uh, Herm Edwards, the football coach out at Arizona now. Sorry, Arizona State. But he used to be on ESPN. He was an NFL coach. And his advice, very animated advice at one point, was don't click send. <laughs> don't do it. Type it up, help you feel better, great, fine, wonderful. But don't press send on that hot email. Because once you hit send, you can't get it back. You'll that, never regret not sending. That is the thing about, look, I'm going to be honest. That's the thing about radio 
live radio that is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Humbling. Humbling. Some people don't pronounce the H. They say umbling. But it's very humbling. So the thing about it is because, you know, once you say it, you cannot get it back. So it forces you, it teaches you to just constantly be, uh, your brain is running 100 miles an hour to make sure that it's out in front thinking ahead of what's about to come out of your mouth. That's the exhausting thing about talking on the radio for two or three or four hours or whatever it is. It's why, like a pastor at a church, (laughs) after doing a 30-minute sermon, is worn out. It's not because it's... It's not because you're physically exhausted. Just stopped at twenty. Yeah, let me let me back that up. Whoever, why did we set the the sermon time at thirty minutes? Let's just make it twenty. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get down up to Piccadilly, man. <laughs> like I might run out of my meatloaf before I get there. <laughs> the buffet's gonna fill up. First Baptist gonna let out here in a minute. Hey, look. <laughs> There's some people listening right now that we, they're going, man, I would love for my pastor to go 30 minutes. <laughs> Listen, it's like, it's it's not physically exhausting. It's that if you're up and you're addressing a group of people, teachers, whatever, the things that come out of your mouth can, can get you in big trouble if you're not out in front of it. So like for two solid hours on this radio show, I say a lot of things. And the the key is to find that balance in that, and sometimes it only comes with experience to be able to loosen up and be yourself. Let it rip sometimes. Just say what you're thinking, but at the same time, it's you, you gotta your your thinking and your thoughts have to be out in front of your mouth to make sure that you cut it off before something stupid happens. All right, a lot of lead up. Everybody's that's been what, in the same p- position. That's why I'm letting you letting you have it today. <laughs> Oh, is that it? Are you you upset today, Roger? No, no, I'm just making sure. <laughs> you don't want to have a therapy session on the air. We got somebody who said a uh, a text they might wish they hadn't sent. It's not bad though. Let me see here. It's they're not optimistic. To the, today's word is not optimistic. Is it about? Let's see. What's it about? State football. Tell me they've got hope. Oh yeah, he wants to hear. Let me give him a message of hope about state football. <laughs> I'll do that later. Here's why I brought all that up. There's a guy who played his college baseball in the state of Mississippi who's now a manager in big league baseball in the majors. Mickey Callaway. Mickey Callaway played at Ole Miss and uh, played the majors, became a coach, kind of built a name for himself as the pitching coach for the Cleveland Indians the last few years when they were making it to the World Series, and you know they battled the Cubs in that just incredible World Series back in 2016 and all that. He was the pitching coach for the Indians, and that success as the pitching coach there in Cleveland led him to get the job as the manager for the New York Mets. I've met Mickey. Uh, he was a speaker one year at a uh, baseball first pitch banquet for Northeast Mississippi Community College in Boonville. I was emceeing it. He was the speaker. I got to meet him. The reason he was there as a speaker is he is close friends with uh, Richie Harrelson, 
who is the head baseball coach at Northeast. Richie also played at Ole Miss. They're great guys. And Mickey's a great guy. Just very well liked in, in every circle he's ever been in. But they're having a rough time in New York. It is New York, first of all. And they're having a rough time with the Mets. And he got hot in the locker room the other day and went off at somebody who's a media member. And Mickey has had to apologize. New York Mets manager Mickey Calloway cursed at a reporter. And one of his pitchers, Jason Vargas, had to be restrained from charging the writer during a confrontation in the team's clubhouse after a loss on Sunday. It was Tim Healy, who is a beat writer for Newsday. It was after they blew a late lead against the Cubs, 5-3, to three, at Wrigley Field. There was no physical contact. Thank goodness. And uh, in a story that the writer posted on Sunday night, last night, they said that the Mets' chief operating officer, Jeff Wilpon, called him to apologize on behalf of the organization. Now, it's out there. Anybody can see what was said and what happened. And I can't tell you on the radio because it's X, well, R-rated. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't tell you exactly what he said. thought it was going to get real interesting <laughs> for a minute. No, it's R-rated. After the news conference, Callaway walked past Healy and other reporters in the clubhouse. Healy told Callaway he would, quote, see you tomorrow. Callaway responded by calling Healy a, let's <clears throat> just figure it out. Two words. Uh-huh. <laughs> Callaway walked away and then returned, cursing at Healy again and telling him to leave the clubhouse. Healy said, I thought he was leaving for the day, so I said, see you tomorrow. And then he said, don't be a smart. But that's not what he called him the first time. It was smart, M- smart, smart butt. It was, no, it was, yeah, right, smart butt. <laughs> first time he called him an M. Oh. I mean, he just, yeah. So then Vargas, the relief pitcher, or whoever he is, jumps in there and says, get this guy out of here. And looked at him and said, I'll knock you the out, bro. Now, he threw bro in at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Bless his heart. So, you know, he had to... He, look, let me just say this. It's national news. The media in New York is chewing up Mickey and spitting him out. They have been for a couple of years. The team has not been great. He's a little angry. Barks at a reporter, throws out a four-letter word. It all gets reported. Now the team apologizes, and they make him out to be some kind of villain. What I'm telling you is it happens to everybody. All y'all, me included, got my hand up. You get mad and hot under the collar. You spit something out in anger. Maybe a bad word, and you have to apologize. Frankly, it doesn't make you a bad person. Frankly, it's part of life. Y'all stick around.
All right, back on the show. Yeah, the text that Roger was talking about earlier. It's in regards to Mississippi State football. Let's see what it says. I'm Matt, by the way, in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. I'm staying connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. The number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. Here's what it says. Please tell me that state has hope in the future. Since our football coach inherited an outstanding football team and underachieved basketball coach had most talented team in years and underachieved. Baseball, very talented, but fell short of the ultimate goal. And even women's basketball fell short this year. Major sports programs had the best opportunities to have really good years, but didn't. How long will it be before we have these opportunities again? And then he's, uh, there's a follow-up here. It says baseball and women's basketball did have really good years, but didn't meet expectations. Well, hmm. Meeting expectations, like how many books have been written, <laughs> how many words have been said <clears throat> by this whole dynamic of meeting expectations. It's a tricky thing, meeting expectations, dealing with expectations. There's this that old saying that, well, it's, I, I guess, you know, I say saying, it's it's more like, Lots of different ways to say it, but the idea that no outcome, period, end of story, listen, literally, there is no outcome that will change your baseline happiness in a lasting way. External circumstances, a medal around your neck, a trophy in the case. It's not, it ain't, it just, it ain't going to do what you think it's going to do. <laughs> now, do you agree or disagree? And, you know, we could talk around it. And in general, I think it's great advice. We don't operate that way. I know I don't. I, I lose sight of it all the time. You know, you start thinking, there's this one particular benchmark out here that I'm trying to get to, in, and it could be in work, with you know, with the radio show or with the company you're running or with your family or your house or your car. It could be some possession. It's whatever. There's this one benchmark out there, and you're just like, you get so obsessed with it, you're driving towards it, driving towards it. And if you get there, you just think, if I could just get that accomplished, then smooth sailing, man. Hayes in a barn at that point. But it never is the case. It's never the case. So expectation. So what is the expectation? Was well, the expectation that State was going to win a baseball national championship? Because they, they did. They fell short of that. Women's basketball. The expectation win a national championship. Well, yeah, okay, they fell short of that. And whose expectation was it? Now, certainly it was a team that wanted to accomplish it, but was it their expectation that we're going to win the national title? If we don't, we have fallen short. Well, maybe you take that approach in training, but it, not really. 
It's much different than that when you're actually in the shoes going through the training. So whose expectations? I, I'm, I know all in the world I'm doing is just muddying the whole thought process, or it sounds like I'm trying to do that, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to get us to all, let's think for a minute. <laughs> let's think for a minute. If I am a football player on a team, I've been there, whose expectations do I care about? Whose expectations matter to me? Because I have news for you. When I'm in the uniform and I'm lifting weights in June, and then I'm in the uniform playing in a game in October in football, sure, at any point if you ask me, do you want to win it all? Yes. But my focus is always so much more narrow and right in front of my nose because it has to be in order for me to accomplish anything. So I, I just I think... Expectations are a fan thing. That's for us as fans on the outside looking in. And I promise you, there's not a bridge connecting your expectations and the actual athletic team, the actual program. They don't live in that world. It's not the way they operate. That's another one of those relative things too, right? Well, sure, yeah, expectations. uh, Well, that's what what I was going to say. With Mullen. Now, but they win nine games in the regular season this last year. They're, they're, yeah, I think so. And went to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Extremely happy. You think they're going to be happy with nine this year? No. No, because see, that's the other thing. Florida's won national championships before. Now, granted, they did it with a whole bunch of you know, murderers on their team and others. But they also had Tim Tebow. Maybe he cancels all that out. Okay, but they've won national championships, uh, what, 11 years ago? 12, so they can remember it. It's a little different there. But, you know, to for, for a fan base like State, you know, you go, okay, expectation. Baseball fell short of expectation. Did they? They're a couple games short, three, four games short of a national championship. So it's national championship or bust. Well, what happened to the year, the regular season, the journey, all the records, everything you got to do, the joy you had in the wins and even some of the – Rare times you had a loss, the agony, right? Life and sports and everything is about the journey. And that's it. You're talking about a team. We can say the expectation is to go and win a national championship. Why? They've never done it before. Yeah, but, well, there is no but. And so you can. There was the hope that the guy wanted. That's what they had, hope. Yeah, have hope. hope they would win. Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it's all about is the the chase. Man, it's that's what it is all about, the chase. With the best player to ever play the game at the school, arguably. Yeah. And they didn't go, well, that hurts a little bit. Well, State tweeted out a thing from uh, the official Hale State Twitter account earlier today, and it said, did you know the only two schools to produce at least one draft pick through the first two rounds of the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and Major League Baseball drafts this year were Mississippi State and Stanford. The only two schools to have a draft pick in all four of the major sports, NFL, NBA, WNBA, and Major League Baseball, 
all four with a player that got drafted in the first two rounds of either of those drafts. State and Stanford, only two schools. Oh, well, Matt, that's individual stuff. Okay, so you're telling me you had a basketball team, women's team, that was um, you know, deep in the tournament. Didn't make it to the Final Four, but deep in the tournament. And in a first-round draft pick. You had a men's team that was a number five seed. Didn't advance, but hadn't been there in forever. And went in as a five seed and had a guy drafted in the second round. You had players drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. You had players uh, drafted in the first round of the major league draft. And a lot of success on the field. But we're going to call that a disappointment or a sub-expectation. You want high expectations. Rachel on the phone, Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Rachel? Uh, I just wanted to share with you a quote that my darling mother used to say who would be over 100 years old now if she was still alive. The quote is, Blessed is he that expecteth nothing, for he shall not be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I mean, expectation. That's the new King James Version. (laughs) That's it. Rachel, that's great. I appreciate that. And that's it, isn't it? I mean expectations come along with disappointment more often than not. It's part of the deal, isn't it? So good good call from Rachel. Call of the day so far on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Um, the follow-up on the text says, uh, should our expectations be to get in position to play for a championship instead of winning a championship? Well, I think that is, while interesting and maybe thought-provoking, it's not an issue I'm going to use very many minutes of my lifetime worrying about or thinking about. Because obviously to win a championship, you have to get in position to do it. When's the last time a team won a championship without being in position to do it? You know, see, so what I'm saying is I think I think it is very, it's a very uh, inexperienced um, point of view. It's a it's a point of view that lacks very much perspective. To say that we expect to win a championship, and if we don't, there is no accomplishment, and there is only disappointment. I think that's it's a point of view that lacks experience. It's a point of view that lacks perspective. Nothing wrong with it. It's just the way it is. Good stuff. Jason said he thought about it for several minutes. And, yep, football should have won 10 games. (laughs) Thanks for that tweet, Jason. (laughs) Y'all have a great Monday, and I'll see you tomorrow. See you. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.